Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Day December 21st, and these are the five things that you need to know about the financial news today. So real quick, we need to start with existing home sales. Existing home sales, again, this is the largest component of housing. It roughly makes up 90, 85 to 95%, 85 to 90% of all transactions. This is what I've been calling for all year as the housing crash. We just got the latest numbers 20 or 30 minutes ago, and here we go. So again, existing home sales. The estimate was for 4.17. If you uh, remember the call, I think it was on Sunday or Monday, I took a wild-ass guess of 4.08 million. I thought we would come in low, but I thought we would stay above the 4 million level. Sure enough. I'm wearing the shirt for a reason, actually came in at 4.09, 4.09, my guess was 4.08. So again, sometimes we get them right, so we got this one right. Other things of interest, again, home sales were down 7.7% month on month. They're down 35.4% year on year, again, This is what I called for. This is the reality of rising rates, supply lock-in, move-up buyers. All the things that we have been talking about are happening in the data now. But remember, remember our talk from Monday. These are scary numbers. If you weren't prepared, remember what I shared on Monday. This week, including today, is part of the baselining process, right? We started existing home sales, I think around 6.4 million. We're now at 4.09. We may go slightly lower, but we are closer to the bottom now. So again, we are in, I believe, the bottoming process for housing. It will take months, quarters, but again, it is not going to be a steep, steep decline from here, in my opinion, at least on a transaction level. Again, it was down 35.4% for the country. In the West, the West, 46%. Remember, I was battling with California real estate agents about this time last year. I think it was Jeb Bush. I think that's his name. I could be getting that wrong. Jeb something. Down in Southern California, big YouTube presence. I did an interview on, the, I think, on my channel with him saying the housing slowdown is coming could crash 50%, 30 to 50%, and he didn't believe it. There we go, 46%. Prices on a year-over-year basis are now up only 3.5%. We have one month left. Could we get that negative number? We'll see. Again, I am not calling for it, but damn, it is getting really, really close. We shall see. Again, prices up 35 couple other stats that I am encouraged to see and I've asked you to kind of pay attention to. One, 
days on market. Days on market now is up to 24. That was as low as 11, if I remember correctly. 11 days for the average for the country. That is crazy. So again, it is now at 24. That will go higher. That could very, very, very easily be 45 days, 48 days, 51 days, sometime by April, May, or June. Now that sounds nuts, but that is certainly back to more of an average duration. So again, nothing to be concerned about. And then finally, the greatest pain in the last month was where? Million dollar plus listings. You have heard me say for the last three or four months that I believe the pain is going to be most acute at the luxury. This ties in with my thoughts of a white collar recession, Wall Street, tech jobs, all of that. Again, uh, 41%. Transactions were down 41% in the million dollar plus transactions. So again, we nailed it. Again, scary numbers. I'm sure there will be channels out there creating all kinds of FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. But again, I believe we are baselining now or a floor or whatever your a plateau, whatever you want your thing to be. So again, existing home sales, got one right. Now let's talk about rents versus uh, rents for apartments versus single family housing. Something else you've heard me talk about over the last nine months or so is I think rents will be soft in apartments, but hold up better in single family homes, right? We have an affordability crisis. We have a lot of people that want to buy a home, but can't. So my thoughts were that they would rent homes. This comes from Core Logic. Core Logic put some data together and Realtor.com is kind of a combo story. First, Realtor.com. Rents are rising at the slowest rate in a year. Rents were only up 3.4% year on year. Again, this is for national averages for all types of apartments. Interestingly enough, the 50 largest metros were down. The 50 largest metros average rent was down $22, about 1%. CoreLogic, kind of in the same lens of looking at rent, actually looked at single family homes only. While all rentals are up 3.4%, CoreLogic brought to us saying single family homes are up 8.8% year on year. And CoreLogic went on to explain, single family home rentals are rising faster simply because supply and demand. Sometimes folks, it is that simple. So again, uh, I stand by my call that rents in single families will be firmer than apartments. Tesla, I don't know about you, but watching the Tesla FUD uh, videos going around there is kind of entertaining. Again, I have zero money involved in Tesla. I would never, ever buy that company. I don't like companies that are, that these, the stock price is somehow tied up in one individual. That one individual could always go off the rails. Then the stock kaputs. Not my kind of, uh, not my kind of investing. That said, I did find it very interesting that Elon Musk has been out on Twitter saying that the Fed has caused Tesla to crash. It is all the Fed's fault. 
Dude, look in the mirror. I mean, really? The S&P, the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ, for heaven's sakes, is down about 2%. And your stock's down like, I don't know, 67%. Own your shit. Own your stuff. I mean, this is either arrogance or something. I don't know. And then let's never forget that Elon Musk is not above talking his stock up so he can slam the stock. Could Tesla be down because you sold 3.5 or 3.7 billion dollars? Yep. Could it be down down because we are heading into a recession and you have an expensive product? Yep. Could could Tesla be down because the interest rates on car loans is up? Yep. It's a whole bunch of things. Blaming the Fed for your poor stock performance is arrogance beyond arrogance. Wall Street Journal, I was sent this article and asked to respond. So Wall Street Journal, I think on Monday, put out an article that basically said being a first-time landlord is hard. My feedback to Wall Street Journal is being a first-time landlord is always hard. It is why you heard me talk with the uneducated economists on Sunday. It is why you heard me and Matt and Dion go through the detailed review of the spreadsheet yesterday for the uneducated economists, and we gave it all to you. Yes, folks, I took the spreadsheet right out of my course. I went through it in excruciating detail to help Simon, but also to help you. Finding positive cash flow is hard. Finding positive cash flow is always hard. That is why you hear me talk about endlessly. Just find average. Once you know the average yield for your market, which might be negative, you can then write great offers. Wall Street Journal is right. It's hard. It's unaffordable. Rates are up. My feedback is write better offers. Just be better. Don't pay list price. Take your shot. Write the offer. I don't understand. I wrote 250 offers over the last three years in a market where it was easy to buy. I didn't complain. I wrote the next one. Write the offer after you know what average is. Some of you are gambling. Some of you are like, hey, I like this one rental at a time thing. I got a little money put aside. Let me take a shot. No, figure out average first. Can you tell your significant other, your best friend, your kids what an average is in your buy box? Great. Write the offer. If you can't, focus in daily discipline. Let's not gamble. So I have five, five 2023 financial resolutions that I approve. These are ones that I strongly suggest. Number one, calculate your disposable income. Most of you know how much money you make. That is called gross. Most of you can calculate your net. Take your check times 26, times 24, depending on how many times you get paid a year. Very, very, very few of you could tell me your disposable income. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. Number two, I want you to tell me what a thousand dollar discretionary toy expense 
electronic gadget, I don't care what it is, what does a $1,000 discretionary item cost you? Now, if you're sitting there going, Michael, it cost me $1,000, you don't understand. What I teach in a course called Get Your Money Rights, 99 bucks, is once you calculate your disposable income, let's say it's $10 an hour, right? You make $80, you have $80 in discretional spend a day. So if you have $10 of discretionary spend, which you can do whatever you want with and your life doesn't change, you take $10 divided by 1,000, and folks, that gadget costs you 100 hours. I want you to translate that 100 hours into weeks. That's two and a half weeks of your life. You are working two and a half weeks for that discretionary item. Folks, most of us do not understand the power, the freedom, the less stress lives in disposable income. Not gross, not net. It's disposable income, and most of us don't know. It's the holiday seasons. Go do some math. Number three, you knew this was coming. I want you to have a buy box. I want it to have the criteria that gets you 20 to 40 active listings. That is number three. Four, I want you to look at it for the next 90 days. I want you to track it just like I showed Simon yesterday. You don't know what I'm talking about. There's a video with the three amigos where we go through my spreadsheet for free to help you do the work. And then finally, I want you to go through your December expenses. I want you to document what was a need versus a want. Need versus a want. This one activity is what allowed Olivia and I to catapult our growth because we got really, really focused on that. We were spending 100% of our income, all of it, all of it. And then we got to a point where we are only spending 50%. So again, five resolutions. Calculate your disposable income. Tell me what a $1,000 toy or discretionary item costs. Get a buy box. Look at it every day. And then review what is a need versus want. Lastly, again, I wanted everybody to know this. I now have my ORAT mastermind, eight hours of Q&A with the audience, up for sale for $49. So if you wanted to get that, see all these great interviews, you can do that. However, remember, I have this catch-all course called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time that I've added this course to for free. If you've already bought the course, congratulations. The mastermind is free. I will be raising the price to $399 on January 1st, maybe January 3rd, something like that. If you buy it today at 319, you get that free mastermind. It's up to you. If you just want to check out who I am and see what the mastermind was all about, congratulations, you can have that for $49. All right, folks, have an amazing day. Again, 4.08 was my call. It came in at 409. I am wearing the nailed it shirt because hey, let's be clear. I was better than the experts. The experts were calling 4.17. Let's see if I can grab both my books. Come here, happy. Here's somebody who hasn't been on camera in a while. Happy's usually sleeping. 
This is, uh, yeah, she's fun. This is happy. Say hi to everybody. Sunny, want to come? Come here. And this is a, uh, this is Sunny, the other Shih Tzu. Uh, he's, uh, what are you chewing on? What'd you find? All right, guys, take care of yourself. Happy holidays. Uh, let's have some fun. Bye.